Welcome to the Cancer Care Connect workshop. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. During the workshop, you will hear from our panel of expert speakers. We will allow time for questions and comments following the presentation. Instructions will be given at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the workshop, please press star zero on your touchtone telephone. As a reminder, this workshop is being recorded. I would like to introduce the moderator for today's workshop, Dr. Carolyn Messner, Director of Education and Training at Cancer Care. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. And I, too, would like to welcome everyone to today's Cancer Care Connect Education Workshop in conjunction with the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation. This is a collaborative effort, and the program is titled Triple Negative Breast Cancer and African American Women. It's a very important program that we're offering today. Um, it's one that uh, I think you're going to learn a lot of information that will be very helpful in your care and treatment. And today's uh, program was made possible by the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, Gilead, a grant from Genentech, an independent educational grant from Merck and Company, Inc., and I really want to thank them for their support of the program today. Now, we have over 231 participants on the call today, and you come from all over the United States, from both urban, rural, and suburban areas. And we also have international participants from Canada, the Dominican Republic, Kenya, Malaysia, Nigeria, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, and the United Kingdom. So this is a bit of a global call as well, and um, it actually is a global call to some extent, and uh, we're delighted to have all of you on the call today. Now, before I introduce our first speaker, I'd like to just ask you all a few questions. Um, it will help us in better understanding really um, well, and, and better understanding what you know coming into this program. So I'm going to start with the first question. And the first question is, on a scale of one to five, and this will be for people who are live streaming the call. So if you're live streaming the call, you'll be able to see the questions, and you'll also all be able to, you'll all be able to hear me reading the questions. On a scale of one to five, with one the highest rating and five the lowest rating, please select your rating. I understand the differences in triple negative breast cancer for African-American women. One is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And the next question is, I understand the role of surgery in the treatment of triple negative breast cancer for African-American women. One is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And the next question is, I understand the standard of care, precision medicine, treatment sequencing, new and emerging treatment approaches for triple negative breast cancer in African-American women. One is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And the next question is, I understand how to manage the treatment side effects, neuropathy, symptoms, discomfort and pain of triple negative breast cancer in African-American women. One is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And this will be the last question. I understand the role of clinical trials for triple negative breast cancer in African-American women. One is the highest rating and five is the lowest rating. So I want to thank you all for participating in these questions. Um, it really helps us 
as we plan programs going forward to have a sense of what you know um, as you enter the program so that we're sure that we're um, uh, we have a sense of really, um, your knowledge base before the program starts. And now I'm going to introduce our first speaker. And our first speaker is Dr. Lisa Newman. <clears throat> Dr. Newman is Chair, Division of Breast Surgery, Director, Interdisciplinary Breast Program, Medical Director and Founder, International Center for the Study of Breast Cancer Subtypes, Wall Cornell Medicine, New York Presbyterian Hospital Network, and Second Vice President, American College of Surgeons. And Dr. Newman will be addressing triple negative breast cancer in the African-American black community in the context of COVID-19, the role of surgery in triple negative breast cancer, understanding triple negative breast cancer in African-American women ancestry, and follow-up care plan and quality of life concerns. It's now my great pleasure to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Dr. Newman. Thank you so much, Dr. Messner. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to join everybody today. And I think I will open my comments by talking about what triple negative breast cancer actually means and how we diagnose it. For any breast cancer, the way that we establish the diagnosis is by doing some type of a biopsy. And there are many types of breast biopsies. Some involve needle biopsy procedures. Some involve surgical biopsies where the woman actually goes to the operating room. But any type of a breast biopsy means that some tissue is being extracted from the breast and then being sent to the pathology laboratory for analysis under the microscope. When the pathologist looks at that breast tissue under the microscope and makes the determination that they do indeed see cancer cells in that breast tissue, they then want to characterize the cancer for us. And there are three important proteins or three important biomarkers, as we call them, that we look for on any biopsy material of an invasive or a full-blown breast cancer. And these biomarkers are important in telling us about uh, the, the aggressiveness in some cases or the treatment needs of the breast cancer. Those three biomarkers are the estrogen receptor, the progesterone receptor, and the HER2 new marker. The cancers that are negative for all three of those markers are the ones that we call triple negative breast cancer. For any type of breast cancer, regardless of whether it's a triple negative breast cancer or a non-triple negative breast cancer, most women will indeed need surgical attention to the breast to control the disease on the chest wall. And the way that we come up with the surgical plan to control that cancer, again, regardless of whether it's a triple negative or a non-triple negative breast cancer, involves looking at three important principles. The first principle is to make sure that you've taken care of the primary tumor, the area where the breast biopsy was done and led to the diagnosis. And this is the reason why nearly all women with breast cancer need to have some surgery as at least one component of their care to remove that area of the disease in the breast. The second principle is quite specific to the breast and cancers that we find in the breast. And the second principle says that we not only need to take care of the primary lump that led to the biopsy and the diagnosis, but we also have to make sure that we have somehow addressed the microscopic breast cancer cells that are usually hiding in the normal appearing breast tissue 
surrounding the area that was biopsied. The third principle of managing breast cancer is related to staging the cancer by evaluating the lymph nodes. And before I talk about that, I want to make a few comments about the surgical strategies for the breast that can address those first two principles. When we perform a mastectomy for breast cancer, we are basically taking care of those first two principles in one fell swoop. And patients that are facing mastectomy will typically meet with a plastic surgeon to discuss their breast reconstruction options. The alternative to the mastectomy approach is the breast-saving or breast-conserving surgery where we perform a lumpectomy to focus on removing the cancerous area that led to the biopsy. And then after the lumpectomy, we give radiation treatments to the breast. And radiation treatments for breast cancer are very targeted X-ray beam treatments that go directly at that breast. And these radiation treatments are very effective at killing those microscopic cancer cells hiding in the surrounding breast tissue. Survival from breast cancer is exactly the same regardless of whether the woman chooses the mastectomy surgery or the breast conserving surgery because survival from breast cancer is related to the aggressiveness of the cancer. Survival from breast cancer is related to the risk of that cancer ever metastasizing and damaging other organs. When a woman is first diagnosed with breast cancer, we look for as many clues as possible regarding the aggressiveness of her disease because if we do see clues indicating that the woman has a significant risk of microscopic breast cancer cells that have already escaped from the breast and that might be hiding in other organs like the liver, lungs, bones, we want to make sure that we give that woman good medical treatment that will basically wipe out the microscopic cancer cells hiding in other organs and thereby prevent that woman from experiencing metastatic breast cancer. And we do indeed have very effective medical treatments that can achieve this goal of preventing metastatic breast cancer. And those treatments are more effective if the cancer is caught at an early stage. Sometimes those medical treatments are in the form of special cancer-fighting pills. Sometimes it does have to be in the form of chemotherapy. The third principle of breast cancer management, which involves evaluating the lymph nodes of the underarm area or axillary lymph node surgery, is one of the aspects of the treatment that is very important in helping us to decide whether or not chemotherapy should come into the picture. Chemotherapy is often based upon the lymph node information, but there are other clues that can also tell us whether or not a woman will need chemotherapy for her breast cancer, and this is where those biomarkers will come into the picture again. The triple negative breast cancers are inherently more aggressive compared to the non-triple negative breast cancers, and so we have a lower threshold for recommending chemotherapy to women that have triple negative breast cancers. If the woman's initial biopsy, especially if that was a needle biopsy, if that initial biopsy showed that her cancer was triple negative, and if we have a good evidence that the triple negative breast cancer is at least one centimeter in size, we will often recommend to that patient that since she is definitely going to need chemotherapy for her cancer, and since we know that she will need surgery as well, we might encourage that woman to receive the chemotherapy prior to having her surgery. 
And there are several benefits to receiving preoperative chemotherapy, and we do this quite commonly with triple negative breast cancers. If a woman receives chemotherapy prior to her surgery, it will very often shrink the tumor down in the breast so that she's a better candidate to have a breast-conserving surgical approach. Giving chemotherapy prior to the surgery makes it more likely that you can obliterate any cancer cells hiding in those lymph nodes, and then the woman would need less extensive surgery to those lymph nodes. And giving chemotherapy prior to the surgery also gives us an opportunity to evaluate the biology of the cancer and to determine whether or not the chemotherapy is effective for that particular cancer. If the tumor is not shrinking down, then we might want to consider switching to a different chemotherapy regimen. So it is indeed very common for us to recommend preoperative chemotherapy for the triple negative breast cancers. For the very tiny triple negative breast cancers, we might recommend surgery first and then make recommendations for whether or not chemotherapy is necessary based upon the surgical pathology. There are some other features related to a triple negative breast cancer that also distinguish it from the non-triple negative breast cancers. Triple negative breast cancers are more common in African American women, they are more common in younger women, and they tend to be more common in women that have mutations in the BRCA1 gene. Women that are diagnosed with triple negative breast cancers are therefore automatically going to be offered genetic testing to see if they do have a BRCA1 mutation. I also want to make a comment about risk factors for triple negative breast cancer. We know a lot about the, bio, the epidemiology of non-triple negative breast cancers and some of the clinical features that identify women at higher risk for getting a non-triple negative breast cancer. Some of the things that we have learned about triple negative breast cancer that are favorable include the fact that young women who are premenopausal, if they nurse their babies after pregnancy, that can actually lower the risk of getting a triple negative breast cancer, and avoiding obesity can reduce the, the risk of triple negative breast cancer. I also want to make a few comments about the correlation between triple negative breast cancer and African ancestry. As I mentioned, African-American women have a higher risk of triple negative breast cancer compared to women of other racial ethnic backgrounds. And in fact, triple negative breast cancer is twice as common among African-American women compared to white American women. My research team has been doing a lot of work internationally studying the breast cancer burden of women that reside on the continent of Africa because we've been trying to identify genetic markers of African ancestry that predispose to triple negative breast cancer. What we've found thus far is that triple negative breast cancer is quite common in Western Sub-Saharan Africa, but it is not very common on the East Coast of Africa. So we are actually exploring specific markers that are related to Western Sub-Saharan African ancestry as being genetic markers that are linked to risk of triple negative breast cancer. The correlation between 
Sub-Saharan Western African ancestry and African Americans is related to our ancestry uh, and related to the fact that several centuries ago, the ancestors of contemporary Western Sub-Saharan Africans were brought across the Atlantic Ocean to serve as slaves in the colonies. And so we, as contemporary African Americans, have a lot of shared ancestry with contemporary Western Sub-Saharan Africans. And the markers that we have been identifying that appear to be linked to triple negative breast cancer are specifically markers that are related to Western Sub-Saharan African ancestry. And these are markers that are actually related to populations on that part of the continent of Africa having to survive infectious diseases such as malaria. And so some of these genetic markers, such as the ones that we've been looking at, are markers that were actually related to developing resistance to malaria. And with the transatlantic slave trade, some of these markers came across the Atlantic Ocean, and we see these same markers expressed in African Americans, just as we see them in Western Sub-Saharan Africans. And now we're exploring the connection between these particular genetic markers and how they affect the breast tissue to cause triple negative breast cancer. And I think I'll close there in the interest of time, but I look forward to the question and answer period later on. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Newman. And that was an extraordinary presentation and just a wonderful way to start this program off in terms of giving so much information both about the surgery and also about the African uh, ancestry that um, has affected um, the uh, prevalence of uh, triple negative breast cancer in African-American women. So thank you so much. And I know there will be questions for you during the Q&A. Thank you. Thank you very much. And our next speaker is Raquel Nunez. And Dr. Nunez is um, Assistant Professor, Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, Sydney Kimmel Cancer Center, Sibley Memorial Hospital. And Dr. Nunez will be addressing current standard of care and the importance of clinical trial participation, new treatment approaches, precision medicine, genomic testing, and treatment sequencing, what's new in the prevention and management of treatment side effects, symptoms, discomfort, neuropathy, pain, and long-term effects, and guidelines to prepare for telehealth and telemedicine appointments, including technology, prepared list of questions, and discussion of open notes. It's my pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Dr. Nunes. Thank you very much. Uh, it is an honor to be here. Um, thank you for your fantastic talk, Dr. Newman. I am a great admirer of your research on biologic triggers of breast cancer in African-American uh, women, and uh, I was really looking forward to your talk as well. Um, so I was asked uh, um, to cover um, generic aspects related to the treatment of uh, triple negative breast cancer, toxicities of treatment. Um, and when we talk about treatment, it's very important to distinguish two situations. One is the treatment of localized breast cancer. So when the cancer is present in the breast and lymph nodes only, the other being the treatment of metastatic breast cancer when the cancer has spread to other organs. So when we're thinking and planning treatment for localized breast cancer, the goal of treatment is to cure the cancer by preventing cancer recurrence in other organs or distant recurrence. Um, this is the 
microscopic uh, spread of the cancer that Dr. Newman was talking about to the bones, liver, or lungs, which can be present and occult from the onset, from the diagnosis of breast cancer. And therefore, it's important to plan appropriate treatment to eradicate that microscopic disease. Triple negative breast cancer does not have a defining target. The uh, estrogen receptor, progesterone receptor, and HER2 receptors that Dr. Newman also discussed. So the mainstay of treatment is chemotherapy. And again, the goal of chemotherapy is to clear the body from microscopic cancer cells that could later cause a recurrence. So there are important particularities in triple negative breast cancer. In localized breast cancer, surgery is a fundamental part of a curative treatment, and that was already discussed beautifully. And chemotherapy, in general, can be given before or after surgery. Uh, again, to remind you, when given after surgery, it clears microscopic disease. When given before surgery, in addition to this goal, it also shrinks the cancer in the breast, allowing for a more conservative surgery. In triple negative breast cancer, as said before, chemotherapy is given more and more before surgery. Then what happens after surgery is that we are able to assess how sensitive the tumor was to the treatment. This is what we call a pathologic response. So in other words, the patient receives chemotherapy, the surgeon will remove the, uh, the tumor, um, and uh, uh, lymph nodes or sentinel lymph nodes during surgery, and we see what happened to the tumor after the, the chemotherapy. Patients who have no tumor present at this point, meaning that the tumor was cleared with the chemotherapy, tend to do very well. However, if there is still tumor present, this is what we call residual disease, patients benefit from oral chemotherapy after surgery with a drug called capecitabine. Because patients who have a complete response to this chemotherapy given before surgery tend to do very well in the long term, several studies have looked at adding other drugs to chemotherapy again before they have surgery. This has resulted in another important advance in the treatment of triple negative breast cancer, which is immunotherapy. So immunotherapy drugs activate the body's immune system to fight against the cancer. And in some patients with either large tumors or tumors that have spread to the lymph nodes, we now know that certain types of immunotherapy added to chemotherapy improve response and result in lower recurrence rate and therefore more cures. However, as a side effect, immunotherapy can also fight normal body cells, and this can be dangerous uh, and lead to long-term toxicity. So not, every, not everyone is a good candidate for the addition of immunotherapy, and this requires a careful discussion with the oncologist. Another consideration for treatment of triple negative breast cancer in the early stage setting is when uh, we are in the presence of a carrier of a germline uh, mutation in the BRCA1 or 2 genes. And germline mutations, which are also discussed, are changes in the genes that were inherited and can be passed to the next generation. Triple negative breast cancers are sometimes associated with these mutations in the BRCA gene, more often in the BRCA1 gene or BRCA1 gene. 
endolaparib, a drug belonging to a class of drugs called PARP inhibitor, when given after chemotherapy, also was able to lead to less uh, risk of recurrence in high-risk triple-negative breast cancer. Uh, moving on to the treatment in the ad uh, advanced or metastatic triple-negative breast cancer stages. Here, the goal of treatment is to delay progression of cancer, prevent symptoms caused by cancer, and improve quality of life. The standard of care involves the use of sequential single-agent chemotherapy agents. However, several important advances have occurred. The development of antibody drug conjugates, again, the addition of immunotherapy to chemotherapy and sometimes of uh, tumors, the use of uh, PARP inhibitors, a novel class of drugs that I mentioned before, and advances in genomic sequencing. Starting with the antibody drug conjugates, these are drugs that combine an antibody or a protein that targets the tumor and a chemotherapy agent. Um, the drug is swallowed by the cancer cell, and the chemotherapy that's combined with this selective antibody is then released inside the cells, the cancer cells. One of these drugs was already approved and is currently uh, uh, used commonly because these drugs help treat tumors that were no longer responding well to chemotherapy. And this novel approach continues to be researched, more antibody drug conjugates expected to be approved in the near future. Uh, immunotherapy, which is, as I, as I said, triggers the activation of the immune system and allows it to recognize cancer cells can augment the effect of chemotherapy in controlling the cancer in some types of triple-negative breast cancer. It's important to know that not all types of triple-negative breast cancer are sensitive to immunotherapy, and again, uh, side effects may occur. Oftentimes, uh, patients think because it's immunotherapy, this is a natural uh, resource of your body, but immunotherapy can also have toxicities, some of them quite important. The other class of drugs that I wanted to mention are the PARP inhibitors. The PARP inhibitors explore a defect in cancer cells that is present when a BRCA1 or 2 mutation uh, occurs. And these are drugs that are effective both in the early stage setting and in advanced triple negative breast cancer. Um, how do we use genomic sequencing or next generation sequencing? So these are new technologies that allows us, allow us to detect the presence of mutations in cancer, so changes in the genes that the cancer uh, has. Uh, these technologies allow a better understanding of what drives the cancer behavior. Sometimes finding these mutations can uh, allow us to select medications that block the mutation of interest, and this can be helpful to identify clinical trials, particularly suited to a certain patient. Uh, how do we sequence our treatment options? Localized breast cancer, uh, the triple negative subset, typically, unless the tumor is very small, we tend to start with chemotherapy, followed by surgery, radiation when indicated, and oral chemotherapy if there is residual disease. In metastatic disease, oftentimes there is no optimal sequencing. Single-agent chemotherapy drugs are continued until they stop uh, working. 
immunotherapies in general added uh, to the initial therapy. Uh, for patients who have mutations, PARP inhibitor are an option to chemotherapy. Uh, and very importantly, opportunities to inclusion in clinical trials must be evaluated at all time points. Overall, the more we know, the more we realize that in breast cancer treatment, one size does not fit all. We have now better tools to provide a more individualized approach. There's lots of work that needs to be done. And the clinical trials are the only way for us to get this learning. Clinical trials pave the way for new drug approval. Every single advance that we had in the treatment of breast cancer was due to participation in clinical trials. It's important to note that all clinical trials are carefully vetted by a scientific and ethical board. And in clinical trials, the patients do not receive less the standard of care. They mainly look at addition of new medications that can improve the care um, or uh, use of different approaches that lead to less toxicity. Clinical trials are changing, and now with the use of uh, next-generation sequencing, very often we select cancers based on markers rather on the type of cancer. Uh, very briefly, uh, in terms of supportive care, uh, there have been many advances in supportive care, but we have a, a lot of work to do. I would uh, emphasize the approaches to decrease the risk of fertility problems that can occur due to the use of chemotherapy, um, the uh, availability of better medications for uh, controlling of nausea, uh, which nowadays, fortunately, is uh, much better controlled than it used to be in the past, uh, and some improved advances on the treatment of neuropathy, which to me still uh, remains the toxicity that more often can uh, trouble our patients in the long term. Uh, there are now more available medications to deal uh, with this symptom, as well as more research done in uh, approaches that uh, mechanically can block the nerve pain and lead to uh, recovery and improvement in quality of life um, with uh, devices of the type of the scrambler device, um, which is under um, a lot of research. Um, I don't know how am I doing in terms of time. Excellent. Um, and uh, I guess just to cover the guidelines would be great to prepare for telehealth. Um, I can uh, I can uh, discuss what has been uh, my experience. Um, I think uh, telehealth has uh, added a lot to uh, our ability to take care of patients, particularly the ones uh, who live far away uh, from uh, centers of uh, excellence. Um, and it's been excellent to um, follow patients during treatment uh, or when they have uh, um, questions um, that require um, more immediate attention. Um, I think that um, telehealth will not be able to um, replace um, in-person treatment. 
and most patients should be prepared to uh, inter to to uh, have to alternate their telehealth appointments with uh, uh, in-person appointments as well, as this will uh, overall um, result in uh, better care. Um, how to prepare? Uh, this is important both for the, the doctor and the patient. Um, I uh, would say that as for in-person appointments, um, it is important to write down the questions that you have, either generic questions or particular questions about uh, scan side effects of, uh, of treatment, uh, questions about uh, um, uh, clinical trials, um, and um, and then, um, as I said, there were some. There are some concerns that will re still require in-person appointments. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Nunes. That was a wonderful presentation and very comprehensive. Um, and I so appreciate your. Uh, presenting all this information. It's, it's a lot of information for people to take in, and I know there'll be questions for you as well during the Q&A. Thank you very much. Thank you. And our next speaker is Ms. Haley Dinnerman. Um, Ms. Dinnerman is a lawyer, um, and she's co-founder and executive director of the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, and she has been really um, a, such a great supporter of, um, of Triple Negative Breast Cancer um, programs in the community. Um, um, and, and certainly a number of our programs as well at Cancer Care. And Ms. Dinnerman will be addressing Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation's free programs and events. And I, it's my pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Ms. Dinnerman. Thank you so much, uh, Carolyn, for that kind introduction. Uh, thank you also to my fellow speakers for your excellent presentations, to our sponsors, and of course to all of you listening today. Today's teleconference is one of many programs offered by the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation. All our programming is specifically designed to address the needs of the triple negative community, from patients to survivors to caregivers and loved ones. We also work closely with many exceptional organizations, including Touch, the Black Breast Cancer Alliance, Sisters Network, and Cancer Care, to offer programming that is of particular interest to the African-American community. Today, I'd like to highlight a few of our offerings, and I sincerely hope that you'll take advantage of them as you navigate from diagnosis through treatment and finally to survivorship. First, we have many educational brochures and fact sheets that are available for print or also as free downloads from our website. Our popular materials were developed with input from members of our diverse TNBC community, as well as esteemed medical experts in the area of TNBC. Like all of our other educational materials, these brochures have special sections addressing issues of particular interest to certain members of our TNBC community, including African-American women, those with BRCA mutations, those with early stage diagnoses, and those with metastatic disease. We work really hard to make sure that every member of our TNBC community can find relevant information and practical guidance in these materials, so I hope you'll use them to your benefit. Our website, tnbcfoundation.org, 
also offers two free and TNBC-specific clinical trials matching services. They are much easier to navigate than other services, we are told. Our website also has a constantly updated TNBC news section and a favorite of our community, our online discussion forums. The forums allow you to easily connect with thousands of women who are living with triple negative breast cancer any time of the day or night. Our community, including thousands of women from those who are newly diagnosed to many long-term survivors, use the forums to ask questions about treatment, about how to manage side effects, and anything else related to TNBC. But most importantly, these discussion forums offer consistent support to our community. If you aren't currently registered for them, you should consider joining. You can even join anonymously. While the TNPC Foundation normally makes every opportunity to meet with you in person, given the, on given the ongoing pandemic, we've had to make some adjustments for everyone's safety. Until we can meet in person, we're expanding our virtual programs. We have two wonderful online meetups for our TNPC community. Tuesdays with TNBC Friends and Metastatic Mondays. These online support groups have allowed us to connect as a community throughout the pandemic. You can sign up for our next meetups on tnbcfoundation.org. We're also planning programs surrounding the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium in December in partnership with Touch, the Black Breast Cancer Alliance. We hope, you can, we hope to take you along with us virtually so that you can learn about new and emerging TNBC research. We're working to make it a great experience, and we really hope you'll join us. If you follow us on Facebook or visit our website, you'll get regular updates and be able to register for these and all our other programs. In the meantime, we look forward to connecting with you on social media, by phone, or online at tnbcfoundation.org. So once again, thank you for joining us, and now I'll turn the program back to Dr. Messner. Oh, thank you so much, Ms. Zimmerman. That was really excellent and just a wonderful resource for everybody um, on this program. And uh, so thank you so much, and thanks for all that you do. Thank you. And our next speaker is Ms. Karen Jackson. Um, Ms. Jackson is the founder and CEO of Sisters Network, Inc., a national African-American breast cancer survivorship organization. And, um, uh, and Karen is a multiple survivor of, of, of breast cancer and um, a, really a role model, I think, for many of you on this program today. Um, and she'll be discussing Sisters Networks, a national African-American breast cancer survivorship organization, through programs and events. And it's really my great pleasure to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, uh, Ms. Jackson. Good afternoon to everyone, and especially thank you, Cancer Care, for this opportunity. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to speak with everyone today because spreading the word about Sisters Network is so very important to our organization. Sisters Network, Inc., for those of you who are not very familiar, um, this was my vision in 1994 after being diagnosed in 1993 with breast cancer. And for some of you who realize or don't realize, support was very limited at that time, and fear and shame was the way that we were received in our communities, and we were dying in silence. So in at that time, I wanted to make sure that was not my story nor the story for future ladies who looked like me who joined Sisters Network. So nearly three decades later, Sisters Network is the oldest and largest National Black Breast Cancer Survivorship Organization with affiliate chapters nationwide. So we are a leader in the National Black Breast Cancer Movement. We have 
numerous programs to assist uh, women, especially those who are having trouble with uh, triple negative and also metastatic breast cancer. Our financial assistance program uh, includes assistance to uh, survivors. We are an African-American organization, but our financial assistance programs and mammograms are open to all. So I can tell you for the last 18 months, um, we have provided over 150000 in financial assistance to over 750 survivors for their rent, utilities, and this is paid directly to third parties. But due to the impact of the pandemic, uh, we temporarily had to modify our BCAP program to include a food stipend of $150 because we found that the food insecurity among our survivors was uh, very traumatic. We're hoping in 2022 that we will be able to suspend this particular program for food and uh, move on to things that are important to our survivors uh, in the future. Our mammogram program, uh, because of the pandemic, has not been as successful as in the past. We are struggling like everyone in that category of giving free mammograms. The women are not coming forward as usual, but we are grateful to Sigma Gamma Sorority who has this year sponsored the full uh, funding for the mammogram program. So we are extending it to uh, 2022 so that we can use full range of the funding that has been given to us. We have pivoted from full-time conferences to webinar series. And our patient education and empowerment webinar series, we launched in 2020 and we continued it through 2021. These webinars have been very successful and have been uh, a way to expand our footprint across the country. We average about 250 per session, and we try to cover important uh, educational programs that women have told us that they're interested in. Managing breast cancer and mental health is something new, the combination. Black women in clinical trial participation, genes matter, know your family history, breast cancer reconstruction after breast cancer, to name a few. This Saturday, October the 30th, we have a webinar on new advocacy strategies because we're getting involved in an advocacy movement in 2022. I want to mention the State of Black Breast Cancer Crisis, a national virtual panel hall discussion called the action this past Saturday which was our historic uh, invite to the country to know that this is a way that we are viewing um, the way that we are going to be able to help our communities get into the advocacy and policy issues so that we can have permanent ways of making the way for African-American women an easier journey. I'd like to thank Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Newman uh, for being our top medical experts at that time. As the oldest and largest leader in the National Black Breast Cancer Crisis, we have accepted the responsibility to lead in the collective uh, call to action. 
So the Black Breast Cancer Crisis in America, we look forward to 2022 as we introduce the National Black Breast Cancer Health Equity Policy and Community Action Task Force that, of course, we are launching in 2022. It is open to all who are interested in the future movement for African-American women and breast cancer. Our affiliate chapters continue to work very hard in their respective communities. They are a direct contact to the community leaders, churches, and organizations. They are our boots on the ground. They provide survivorship, points of view as speakers, support to the newly diagnosed, and promote uh, the buddy system. Our affiliate chapters are very essential to our communities, and they're essential to the national organization for us to know what the communities are needing. And at this time, back over to the conference. Oh, well, thank you very much, uh, Ms. Jackson. That was really amazing, that presentation. And I think um, it really gives our participants um, an awareness of all that you're doing and all that Sisters Network is doing and will be doing for them. And please, everyone, to take advantage of this. I want to just mention to everyone that at the end of today's program, everyone's going to be getting a survey monkey probably tomorrow, actually. And in that, there'll be questions we ask you to just uh comment about the program today. But in addition to that, we will be giving you all sorts of resources and we'll give you all the resources for Sisters Network and for all the organizations for Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation for everything that we've mentioned today. So you'll have access to that. Um, so in addition to being an evaluation, you're also going to get addition, an extension of the program today. So so thank you and thank you um, very much, uh, Ms. Jackson, for all that you're doing um, and continue to do. And our next speaker is um, Ms. Samantha Fortune, and Ms. Ms. Fortune is an oncology social worker at Cancer Care, and she'll be discussing the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation's free services and the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation's helpline. So it's my pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Ms. Fortune. Thank you, Dr. Messner. As mentioned, my name is Sam Fortune, and I'm an oncology social worker at Cancer Care. My role includes working with women diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer and their families. The Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation and Cancer Care have partnered together to ensure that those diagnosed with um, triple negative breast cancer have access to free psychosocial services and support. There are many aspects of a breast cancer diagnosis that could be addressed through psychosocial support psychosocial supportive services, including making informed decisions, quality of life concerns, clinical trials, fertility options, and communication with one's medical team. The Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation has also generously funded the TNBC Helpline, which provides callers with access to comprehensive services. Some of the services um, Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation and Cancer Care provide include case management, counseling, educational workshops, publications, and limited financial assistance. By calling the TNBC helpline, individuals are connected to an oncology social worker who is aware of the physical, emotional, and practical challenges that may arise when diagnosed with TNBC. A cancer diagnosis can be very overwhelming, and establishing a supportive network for additional support and guidance may help relieve feelings of anxiety and increase feelings of hope and empowerment. Joining a support group can offer the chance for TMBC patients to speak with one another, gather information, and provide support. Cancer Care offers TMBC-specific national online support groups, which are moderated by oncology social workers. I currently run the TMBC group for African Americans. 
As African Americans' experiences um, with TNBC vastly differ from other populations, such group provides members with the opportunity to speak about their unique and specific challenges in a safe space with people who will understand. You can re register for one of these groups um, by going to cancercare.org, then selecting Our Services, and then Support Groups. If you're interested in learning more about the services the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation and Cancer Care offer, I encourage you to call the T um, Triple Negative Breast Cancer Helpline at 877-880-8622. Our oncology social workers can share additional information about our services and can also help you explore ways to connect with others, including our support groups, as I mentioned earlier, and then um, other financial assistance resources. It has been a, such a pleasure to be part of this workshop. Thank you guys for your attention and the opportunity to speak to you today. I will now turn the workshop back to Dr. Messner. Oh, thank you so much, Ms. Fortune. That was outstanding, really wonderful presentation and just a wonderful resource. So we really have our participants today have uh, lots of resources. Um, you have the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, Sisters Network, and you have Cancer Care. So you have a lot of resources, and there are lots of others as well. Um, um, so that you'll be aware of them and can take advantage of them. Now, before I we move into the Q&A, so please get your questions all set. We're going to ask you just a few more questions, take about two minutes, and then we'll move right into the Q&A um, portion of this. So I'm going to start with our first question. And our first question is, as a result of what I – and that's for you. Those of you who are live streaming, you'll be able to see the questions and respond to them and rate them. As a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater confidence in my knowledge of the differences in triple negative breast cancer for African-American women. One is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And the next question is, as a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater confidence in my knowledge of the role of surgery in the treatment of triple negative breast cancer for African-American women. One is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. My next question is, as a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater confidence in my knowledge of the standard of care, precision medicine, treatment sequencing, new and emerging treatment approaches for triple negative breast cancer in African-American women. One is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And now just two more questions. As a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater confidence in my knowledge of how to communicate and work with the healthcare team to utilize their tips and suggestions to manage the treatment side effects, neuropathy, symptoms, discomfort, and pain of triple negative breast cancer in African-American women. Again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And the last question is, as a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater confidence in my knowledge of participating in clinical trials as, we, as a treatment option for triple negative breast cancer in African-American women. Again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. I want to thank you all for participating in this 
in, in addressing these questions, it really help us to really, as we plan future programs, and we are planning quite a few future programs, that you'll be able to actually access those um, additional, um, you know, uh, services, and they'll be more tailored to meet your needs. So your questions really help us tremendously. And now we're going to move right on to the Q&A, and so I'm going to ask um, that um, Michelle explain to you how to queue up for questions. I'm going to try to take as many of your questions as possible. Um, Michelle? Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then one on your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered or you wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. Those of you on the web may submit questions by clicking ask a question. So the question from one of our participants. Um, so this is a question um, for, uh, for Dr. Newman. Um, and it's from one of our participants to, and this is one of our online participants, to what, ex, to what do you attribute a worse prognosis in African-American triple negative breast cancer patients? Is that actually true? And is, is that? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. So triple negative breast cancers, it's important to bear in mind, can be treated effectively when they are caught early. And so I would certainly argue that screening mammography and breast health awareness is actually that much more important for African-American women because of our higher risk of getting triple negative breast cancers. Because if you catch that triple negative breast cancer early, you, you, the, the likelihood of successful treatment and a good outcome is much, much higher. And very small triple negative breast cancers, when they're caught on mammogram, for example, they can often be treated without chemotherapy. So not all triple negative breast cancers require chemotherapy, and not all of them are going to be destined to recur. So early detection still makes a difference. In terms of the overall higher breast cancer mortality rates among African-American women compared to white American women, it is definitely true that our higher likelihood of getting triple negative breast cancers contributes to that disparity. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you very much. And um, a question for Dr. Nunez. How long can a triple negative stage four patient who's achieved no evidence of disease remain on immunotherapy? And if you could answer this in a general way, because, of course, every patient is different, but just in a general way. Yes, of course. Um, so it, it does have to be a general question. So we use the same principle that we use um, for the treatment of metastatic disease in general, which is... Uh, as long as patients are benefiting from treatment, their uh, treatment is helping to control the symptoms, the disease is shrinking or uh, stable, and they are tolerating it, so they're not having side effects that significantly interfere with their quality of life, then we tend to continue patients on treatment. So it really depends on uh, benefit. Uh, is the patient benefiting from treatment and toxicity, which is different for every case. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and a question for Dr. Newman. Um, um, how important is lymph node involvement in triple negative breast cancer, specific OS or DFP? If you could. I'm sorry, I missed the second part of that. Sure. So how important is lymph node involvement in triple negative breast cancer, specific OS or DFP? Sure. 
Cancer stands for. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Overall survival yes. or disease free no. progression. I'm sorry. I didn't um, understand the acronym. Sorry. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> that's a very good question because I um, imagine what the, um, the the person is uh, questioning is the, the the importance of lymph nodes since it's so likely that chemotherapy is going to be necessary regardless of the lymph node status. And that is true. We are more likely to give chemotherapy to triple negative breast cancers even when they are node negative. However, evaluating the lymph nodes is still important because that lymph node information does provide prognostic information. It gives us more clues regarding how uh, aggressive the cancer is. And sometimes that will guide the chemotherapy medical oncology recommendations, and it may influence whether the medical oncologist is going to use immunotherapy or can put the patient on a clinical trial to look at some novel uh, triple negative breast cancer treatments. The lymph node information is also going to be, in, the lymph node surgery is also going to be important in controlling the area of disease that might be in the underarm. We really don't want women to be in a position where there is uncontrolled spread of the cancer to the glands in the underarm. That disease in a lymph nodes, axillary disease, can be quite uncomfortable because it can uh, impinge upon nerves and cause a lot of symptoms. And then lastly, the lymph node surgery is still going to be necessary because it will, can influence radiation treatment planning. For women undergoing mastectomy surgery, the lymph node information influences whether or not the patient is going to get radiation after the mastectomy. And for women undergoing lumpectomy, the lymph node information can influence the extent, the span of those radiation treatment fields. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and. Um, for the question for Dr. Nunez, because triple negative breast cancer is often aggressive and comes back after treatment, can anything be done to reduce the chances of coming back? Um, yes. You know, it's important you know, to feel hopeless when you are diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. Um, it's actually a mixed bag of tumors in terms of uh, uh, how aggressive they are but uh, in particular, they can have an excellent response to treatment. And we see this very often as we often give chemotherapy before surgery. And it's so commonly that uh, we see how effective chemotherapy is. Um, so uh, uh, it's a disease that for which there's very, very effective therapy um, and uh, um, as Dr. Newman said, it does not always come back. And I would say actually that fortunately, most women with triple negative breast cancer that are detected at early stage um, are nowadays cured. Um, the uh, main uh, interventions that uh, uh, we use to further decrease the risk of recurrence in addition to standard of care therapy, chemotherapy are currently oral chemotherapy for patients whose cancer does not completely go away when chemotherapy is given before surgery, uh, PARP inhibitors for patients who have a mutation, and immunotherapy for patients who uh, present with uh, more advanced localized breast cancer. So all those three interventions were found to further decrease the risk of recurrence in higher risk disease. 
so there's a lot that can be done. And uh, I guess um, be, we're doing this program so people do have a sense of the progress that's been made. Uh, I think a lot of people's impressions are sometimes founded on what was available a couple of years ago. I wonder if Dr. Newman, if you want to comment on that, because I think what I'm hearing from both um, Dr. Nunes and Dr. Um, New, um, and, and, and Dr. Newman is that there has been progress, and we just want to stress that. Dr. Newman, do you want to comment further on that? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. There indeed has been great progress in uh, the, the management and outcomes of triple negative breast cancer, um, and so and we expect more progress to be made, and this is why Dr. Nunez, it was so wonderful to hear her stressing the importance of clinical trial participation so that we can continue to make advances. The whole world of uh, uh, immunotherapy opening up, the world of understanding the role, the connection between genetics, BRCA1 mutations, and PARP inhibitor therapy. It's all very, very exciting, and these are wonderful directions of improvement for triple negative breast cancer. Excellent. And a question from uh, Ms. Fortune. Um, people want to know a little bit more about your support group that you're running, if you could say a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I am running, like I mentioned earlier, I'm running a support group for um, African-Americans with um, triple negative breast cancer. It is on um our message board, basically, it's a message board where I moderate and other people post comments. Um, some of the things that have been discussed in um, the support group so far um, revolve around, like, side effects, like what to expect for treatment, and, like, how to cope with um, different side effects, including, like, skin care, um, hair loss, and things of that nature. And then we also do talk about um, some health care disparities within um, the African-American community, especially, um, you you know, with certain doctors and how certain doctors treat them in language. So I always encourage um, the patients on my support group to advocate for themselves. And we talk about ways that they can do this as well. So I hope more people sign up for this group because it's a great um, resource and I want to build that community where people feel like they have that support system to talk to other people who can understand them. And strengthen their voice by being in that group. That's wonderful. That sounds terrific. Um, and I realize that a number of different organizations in today's program, um, and um, the Triple Negative Foundation and Sisters Network and Touch, all of these groups are helping women to find their voice to advocate for themselves. It's so important. We know we could go on all afternoon. I realize a lot of questions were in queue, but we did say this would be an hour program. So I do want to, um, in fairness to everybody, um, uh, um, attempt to wrap this up to some extent, and um, I'm going to um, just mention that uh, to, on today's program, for the, I want to thank our speakers first of all. They were phenomenal, um, and and they're just the best of the best. And um, I want to thank our participants today because you also are the best of the best, asking really good questions, very thoughtful questions. So I want to say something about the questions. For those of you who had a chance to ask a question, for those of you who still have a question yet to be asked, and for those of you who actually um, are thinking of questions that you'd like to ask, please take your questions back to your healthcare team. They are, of course, they know you the best, so all the answers, all the information you got today is general information. We want you to now have someone help to tailor that to your experience. That's really important to your particular cancer um, and your particular type of triple negative breast cancer and your experience. 
Uh, we also want you to take advantage of these uh, organizations, their resources, and so we will provide that information again for you um, at the um, when you get the SurveyMonkey information from us, um, that you'll get those resources and be able to call them. Please do take advantage of them. They're free resources, and also your healthcare team has many different members of that team. So um, in addition to your oncologist and your surgeon on the, on the program and the radiation oncologist, there are also um, other disciplines. There are patient navigators. Um, there are um, oncology nurses, oncology social workers, financial experts. There are a lot of people who could help you with your concerns. So please, I know it's tempting to sometimes feel you're terribly alone in coping with this, but I hope today on this program today, you feel like you're part of a, a larger network and that there's a lot of resources out there for you, and please take advantage of them. It is, of course, normal and tempting and very much part of the course to feel more alone in, during um, a period of time when we have something called COVID around, and so we want to be sure that you understand that, um, that that's a normal feeling to have, but we want you to know that there are some places that you can call and go to for support and help, and, and please take advantage of them. Again, I want to thank you all for your participation today, and I want to thank you all, and have a, have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for participating. This concludes the workshop, and you may now disconnect. Everyone, have a great day.